You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Tramel. Jamel has stepped out for a quick second. He'll be right back. What's going on out there, world? For real, what's really going on with Local 100? It's a lot of people that's lost. It's a lot of people that don't know what's going on. It's a lot of people who don't care what's going on. And that's what bothered me. I had, I had one of my dudes tell me, he said, look, he said, you got to respect the dead. You can't focus on the dead. Respect the dead. Focus on the people that's sleeping. You still got a chance with them. And that, that was big. That was big for me right there. I must admit, I, ne- I never looked at it like that, as respecting the dead. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I believe in sometimes bringing people back from the dead. And, you know, hopefully we could do that. I, don't, I just don't understand why people don't care. I don't understand how y'all could just be blind to all this craziness that's going on down here. And a lot of it is being done by the elected officials. They just seem not to care. They seem like they just there to get the money. And we can't we can't have that at all. We cannot have that, you know, um, elected officials acting like that. Right, cuz? Of course. Of course. Jamel just stepped back in the building. That's right. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Yeah. So um, I just don't know what's going on with this membership, cuz. Oh, yeah? Yeah. As far oh, okay. as with the elected officials and all that other stuff, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on either because, uh, you know, basically um, I'm thinking about a couple of things. Number one, I'm thinking about uh, a post that Lloyd Archer put in Progressive Action um, talking about uh, the chairman from East New York Depot that was basically brought up on charges, uh, basically, and... I'm thinking about uh, the reason why he was brought up on charges. From what I understand, you know, this is somebody that's not an uh, ally of Samuelson. So basically, these guys trying to emulate mo- trying to emulate mobsters from Brooklyn, basically, you know, just taking anybody out who doesn't agree with them. It seems that way, you know. And, th- and then Willie Rivera had the nerve to call, make phone calls. Like, who the fuck he think he is? Uh, yeah. I don't understand who, who... He must be the Joe Pesci of the bunch. Willie Rivera. He's the clown of the bunch. Right. You know and notice I, mean? I said Willie Re- Rivera. He thinks he's the Joe Pesci of the bunch. I'm telling you, for him calling me tranny, he's going to have to answer to that. A word? Yeah, he's going to have to. Just, just, on, just on a man level. Because at the end of the day, you know, I screenshotted it. You know what I mean? So if anything go down, he's responsible. Because he's going to have to answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a, as a man, he got to have to answer to that. Of ain't no running, ain't no hiding, ain't none of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to have to answer to that. Oh, yeah. 
But we got a guest here today. You want to introduce our guest? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you know, we can introduce the guest. We have uh, Mr. Jabari Kaufman from the, uh, he's a conductor in the B Division that's here to talk about uh, stories that's been going on in, 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 you know, from his, you know, from his point of view in the, you know, on the job so far because uh, he happens to be your classmate, right, cuz? That's right. My first classmate on the show. Shout out to my boy Jabari. Yeah, hear that. Hear that. Shout out to him. What's up, guys? How you doing? You know, you know, it's crazy with Jabari. Jabari, he had, he has, he's intelligent, and he says a lot of stuff in the crew rooms. So I said, Jabari, you got to come up to the show one day and talk this talk that you be telling me. So what's up, Jabari? Hey, how you doing, Mel? How you doing, Jamel? I'm doing all right. How's everything? So far, so good. I'm a little bit nervous, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take it as it is. Yeah, everybody be nervous when they come here, but you know, just think about us being in this is the crew room talk, except he's in buses. You know what I mean? It does, it, it's the same thing, whether we're in the crew room or the swing room. It's the same shit that we talk about. Yeah, actually, Jabari's father was a bus driver. Oh, yeah, where? Manhattanville. <laughs> Manhattanville Depot. <laughs> oh, yeah, what was his name? Samuel Kaufman. When did he retire? Yeah. When? Uh, he didn't really retire. He, didn't, he, he, he came in uh, buses around 2006, so then he became sick around when I started coming in. So. Oh, okay. So I don't know him because I wasn't in Manhattanville in 2006. And if he just... Well, he was bouncing around from Clara, Mother Clara Hill and then Manhattanville. And then when he first started, he was out in West Farms. Okay. And then they bounced him around, but he was finally, I think, at the Manhattanville. Okay. So. So I had to have seen him. May or may, may or may not, but you know. Oh no! Well, like I said, I don't know everybody's name, mm. but basically, I've been in those depots basically my whole 16 years. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, West Farms. I know people. I know people in all those depots. So I had to have seen him. You know. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, fresh news. Fresh news. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, sometimes the transit thing just running. The veins of the people, you know. What oh I'm saying? yeah, definitely. We got a lot of family down here ourselves. Yeah, which we will remain nameless. Yeah, yeah, we gonna, yeah, well, we gonna keep them. Well, transit is sort of like a family business, you know. Everybody yeah. goes in, it goes into it in some way or another. So, well, I would say the Owlies is like family, and the Union is their own family. Yeah, a mobster family. A mobster family, right? <laughs> Fake tough guys. Exactly. Uh, especially uh, Mr. Rivera, Rivera being like uh, Joe Pesci. I mean, I had to laugh at that. that that's yeah. funny. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and who's Samuelson? Samuelson. Samuelson. Samuelson is in a goon. No, he's not a goon. No, Samuelson is uh, um, Stay Puff from Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's who Samuelson really? is. Yeah, he, he's a Samuelson is a character. He's, well, yeah. He's not. He's not a, a a figure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't see him as a person with high self esteem. I don't see him as a as a tough guy. Well, yeah. you know, he be posing like a tough guy in those ads we see in the crew rooms. I mean, always I mean, look. I mean, he's pretty much voguing. You know, <laughs> voguing. You know, <laughs> voguing. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I'm, let me ask you, Jabari, what yes. is what is your what is your main problem that you have on the job? Because we got exactly the same amount of time. What what bothers you about the job? Hmm. I mean, it's it. Well, like to like the no lunch situation. I mean, like like this week I was working the Apple. 
Okay. Um, and train got late. We was at Far Rock. We came back up to 2-7 um, very late. And um, we get on no lunch, but no break. No actual no break off the out train. of that. I mean, because we, we're there, we're in and out, and we got to make that 49 going back down, and you're scraping the wall. And, and it, you don't, it, you, you've been on the train. For, think about it. You, if you did the A, it's like two and a half hours, four hours, basically, there and back. Round trip. Uh, round trip. Yeah. Okay. And you're tired at this point. You're kind of like, you just want to rest a little in between, and you're telling you know, you put your no lunch in, and then they tell me, well, you got to go back out. That, you know, and, and you don't, and you're hungry, so you can't really <laughs> eat. Um, so. <laughs> now, a real re- quick. Re- really. A, a real quick footnote. Tell everybody what scraping the wall means. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I know what it means, but tell everybody what it means. Scraping the wall means you're running local. Okay. Uh, most people. Uh, when you get a, 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 a job that says, oh, you're doing three to the wall, okay, that means you're running local all the way down, uh, down to the destination, back up to the uh, terminal, and then back down again. Yeah. Okay. And it, it's exhausting when you run, do local trips because you've got to constantly get up and point to the board and do everything, and it, it, it's, it's exhausting. It's not like when you run, uh, you have an express wing where you have much of a break. Yeah. Um, but as I said, you get to a point where you're just tired and you just want to rest. You want to eat. But you're being told that, um, oh, we got to get back out. And because for the good of the service. Yeah. The, the good of the service always <laughs> seems to kick us in the ass. Exactly. For some reason. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Got my got got out of the guests in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got another guest in the building. You know, we're gonna have a good conversation here. Our our second guest, we have Mr. John Easley in the building. What's up, fellas? What's up? What's that's, going down? That's right, Map Map Store is definitely in the house to represent too. You got retired Map Store. He look young as me, man. Exactly, yeah. Retired Map Store. Yeah. Yeah. You sure you're retired, man? <laughs> Somebody, you, you, you still look like you got a couple years left in you, you know? Yeah, I got a few. I got a few. You got a few years? <laughs> Let me ask you a question, though. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Who kicking ass at 2 Broadway? As far as junior-wise or? Yeah, yeah junior-wise. Nobody that I know of. I guess the last person who was kicking ass that left was me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let the people know who you are. Yeah. My name is John Easley. I'm formerly a bus operator at Map Store, and I'm retired as of May of 2016. He, he, you cashed that first check in yet? First two or three? Sure Damn, did. Can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually. I don't want to come back because the climate of the job all the way around system-wide is changing. Okay. And our union, man, we have some issues. And our members are actually suffering. So I got out of the good time. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. So now you, was, you said that you was the last person that's probably kicking ass at 2 Broadway. <laughs> what was you doing different that they not doing now? I was making... I was holding management accountable for their actions and I was sticking to the rule book and I was actually playing by their rules. And when we had hearings, 
And I looked at their dance and their briefs. I said, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't suit this contract language. So wait a minute, we have to take a step back. We have to readdress this. And based upon the merits of my arguments, I was just bringing the heat. Yeah, because one of the main problems we got is, especially in RTO, management is giving away days. And they starting now with, with uh, 30 days or uh, what's, the, what's, what's after 30 days? What you said, 30 days in the final? In the final. What? Okay. They starting, they starting that. I, I think it's a way to intimidate the member and to get more days because to go from 30 to whatever days, I mean, like one day is, is like unheard of, really. Well, if the way I actually read and look at it, if you get a 30 in the final and you have another infraction, then they're seeking to dismiss you. Exactly. Now, what the union reps are not doing this is long have has been a consistent you know falling of rto because they're not looking at the dan histories you know when you go in there and you deal with management at the table the first thing you want to do is look at the dan history and let's of, just of say that, of, of that energy. individual okay. let's just say somebody had a, a issue and then you go for 30 days then you look at the dan and say wait a minute this guy's a 15-year vet you know, the penalty doesn't warrant that particular issue. Yeah. So you have to readdress that. And then you kind of utilizing too much of the union's funds because you're fighting an unnecessary discipline. So let's just say a guy did something that was not egregious, not like tripping a red light or 12-9, or he just forgot the flag. Okay. You know, or, or the point at the, at the lights. You want to hit them for 30 days? Come on, that's, that's, that's not right. That's yeah. unreasonable. And in RTO, you got these reps that they're in bed with management. I mean, they're making deals. If you're a union rep, you don't make deals. You solve issues. Exactly. And that's what I did. You know, I solved the problems. I got to the heart of the matter. And that's what's lost in the art of unionism. Dealing with the issue, solving the issue. You have to look at it as a win-win situation. Okay? Because if you get what you want and they get what they want, then we don't have progression. Yeah. You know, we have a problem solved. But when you're constantly trying to barter an exchange, you know, then it becomes progressive. Okay. Right. Now, what I want everybody to know is um, you were never elected. No. To the office. But you were released under Toussaint. And ba and basically, Roger felt that you would be somebody who would be an asset to his administration. Well, shout out to Roger. You know, I really respect him because he gave me a break. He's seen something in me. He may have seen the tenacity or maybe seen that, you know, I like to right people's wrongs. Mm -hmm. And the first two or three times they asked me to come down, I rebuked. I was like, man, I want to be bothered because I've seen the state of affairs back in the, the 90s what was going on then in 2002 when he got elected he came at me again and I turned around and said the only way I would come down and represent the members is if I would represent everybody across the board I'm not picking sides picking teams I'm gonna help everybody yeah and I went down there I went down as a TA staff rep Barry Roberts was the TA staff rep of OA, and me as a map store employee, I was a TA staff rep and a board member. I sat on the tripartite board. 
Okay, yeah. And I was in the grievance and discipline department. Yeah. So I went, I went down there just in, in, the, in the thick of the heat. Yeah. And I was down there for years. Roger, he, he respected what I did. I respected that he gave me an opportunity, and I didn't fail him. Yeah. Jamel could tell you, yeah. I, 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 I bring the heat to him. Put that work yeah, in. Could you definitely. explain to the people what a uh, tripartite board is? Yeah. The tripartite panel, I was actually the first case because I had an issue where I was knocked down. Okay. And they sent me to their doctors, and their doctors put me back to work. So Transit in turn sent the medical standards and outlined, no, we want it this way. But I thought these doctors were supposed to be impartial. So when they knocked me down, come that 2002 contract time, they decided that they wanted to have a medical tripartite panel in which you have somebody from labor relations, you have somebody from the union, and you have somebody that management and the union picks. Yeah. And they're supposed to have impartiality. But so be it the case is that, of course, once Roger left, they dropped that ball. But my case was, it was really unique because I sued them. TA. Yes, they okay. told me, you can't sue the TA and work for them. And I said, okay, I don't work for TA, I work for Map Store. <laughs> I said, we're gonna go to court. <laughs> and the outline of the case, not on the merits, they made a decision against me, but I was in turn able to just strike a deal with them because there was a, a case where I was being discriminate, discriminated against. Okay. And when I brought that up, I brought the case and said, wait a minute, this person has the same issue that I have, and this person is a Caucasian, so what are you saying? So I was able to strike a deal where, okay, I'm working at the union, and I'm getting bus operators pay. So what I would do, which is fair, give me the difference in what I could have made had I picked shifting, okay. and we'll call it fair. So, again, it results, it results back to win-win. Yeah. Okay. I may have lost the case per se but I didn't lose because I was able to structure it to where I came out on a better end because I was a caretaker like Jamel yeah but then I was able to go back to being a bus operator you know shift only yeah and they were saying well what if you can't pick so I'll tell you what it's my payroll number let's go back to when I became a union rep and let's go back to now. And let's see where I will fall in a pick slot because picks don't go backwards. Yeah, yeah. This course. was their mindset. So I said, wait a minute. See these 18 guys right here? They're behind me. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> now, for everybody that doesn't know in buses, what a shifter is is somebody, a, a bus operator who, who parks the buses in the depot when they come in the depot. After they come out of you know, uh, after they come out of service, the bus is vacuumed, and the bus is cleaned out, and the bus is parked beside the depot. That's what a shifter is. Yeah. So Jabari, you had any uh, problems since you came on the job? Not much. Uh, I mean, until that one incident that I had uh, probably last year, uh, working the uh, in train late uh, late night and. It was about a door, 
a, a closing oh, oh. from a partial. Yeah, yeah. Position. They tried to say my boy closed down from a partial, partial close instead of fully opening. I think you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let me jump in real quick now. How is it that if the train is moving and your key is disengaged? No, no, it was in the station. It was in the station. It was in the ter- oh. it was in the terminal. Oh, it was at the terminal. And but but this is my thing with that. We don't have indication when the doors is partially closed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How are we supposed to really know if those doors are open? Because the only way we tell is by indication. There's no rule that says you have to stick your head out and see every car door open up. Because it'd be doors cut out on the train that we don't even know. You don't, you was don't, a TSS on the, on, on, on a, in the station? No, there's no TSS. It was, no, it, it ain't even a TSS such situation. So how could you be it, penalized? It's a, a, a dispatcher that, you know, that right. was there. He rode the train or was he outside observing she the doors? She supposedly was looking at the doors. So, it, it, I mean, the, the, the whole thing happened so fast that um, the time I got back to Stillwell, uh, she was standing right at my position, looking all pissed off at me, like, uh, well, you need, to, you need to write a G2. About why you partial close? Why do you close the doors from a partial closed position? I'm like, what? What the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> now, <laughs> how many stops did you go before she caught up to you? She waited till you she, got back. She right? waited till I got back. So then it couldn't have been that much of an egregious issue because if the doors are partially open and let's just say passengers were on that train, then I would see that as a safety issue. Then I would, oh, you know, we need to get somebody to relieve him. Yo, you got to come over here. So there's something wrong with that already. See, my, my thing with, with that is what I noticed they've been doing, they've been letting people um, finish their trips for the needs of the service before pulling them off. If somebody violated, get them off the train. Y'all find a replacement. Then you're part and parcel of the issue because if this person allegedly committed an act or an infraction and it's an unsafe action, then you're just as much to blame because you're going to let them continue in to passenger service. Exactly. And then he may in turn create another issue then isn't that and then let's say if you did create another issue and she was aware that you did that first infraction she would have been in trouble for not pulling you yeah I, so what, what happened with the case though um went to two broadway um saw joe castales and um we talked about it and it, it ended up me getting a reinstruction now the lady that with the, the hearing officer that was there she said did you have any kind of problem with them like no i never had any problem with this particular dispatcher and you know kind of baffled at why would she pull me off for a partial close i'm like I'm, i swear that i know that i pushed the doors open so I, and then from what i hear from joe costales tells me from her g2 she was looking for a supposedly dirty train and she came out and then she supposedly noticed that the uh, I closed from a partial closed position. I, I, I just, you know, and in the meanwhile, mind you, I'm in the train ready to go, and my partner buzzed me back one, closed down. Um, my partner buzzed me back one. She said, reopen the doors. I reopen the doors. She tells me, okay, close it down. I close it down. And, and you know, thought of that nothing else happened on the way. So I, I, I'm kind of wondering how did, that come how did that arise that i violated 
you know, how come you giving me? How come you giving me a Dan for improper operation? So it appears as though she was looking for something, or she just needed to justify her existence there. Because if she was looking for a dirty train, then how did she tag you for, you know, a partial closed door, a partial open door? I'm sorry. So she just needed something. Most likely. What would be the coincidence of her looking for a dirty train and then you doing that? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to tell you what happened to me the other day. A cleaner said I did it. And she said, why you ain't open up the train? I'm looking. I said, why is she telling me how to do my job? So while we leaving the station, I said, um, what door did you come in? I went to both cars. What door did you come in? Oh, I came in through this door. She came in through a, a door that's not partially closed. Went to the other car. What door did y'all come in? They came through doors that wasn't partially closed. But this is how people could get in trouble. Because what if that cleaner would have went to a superintendent or somebody and said he closed down? Allegations. Yeah, you know. But even in your case, if you swore that you had it open, trust me, they pulled your, the train records. So you probably took a reinstruction for no reason. Because I would have made them go to the. I would have made them go I, to the train. I mean, I, yeah. I talked to the superintendent uh, down there about if they, you know, if the train was pulled up. I mean. What would you find there exactly uh, if this door was supposedly partial closed? No, it's going to say it's open. So if it's open, how? So that well, that, that, that that was your that was your thing right there because I, I, you know it's like the first time. No, I understand. Get, getting and you nervous? Uh, and you're nervous, and you <laughs> you know, and, and you you know. I, I mean, now I kind of look. I'm like, I've been down for two two Broadway for bullshit, basically. I mean, that's your first time. That was the first time. I never like. Like you, I never wanted to go see Two Broadway. <laughs> I don't it, it, it's <laughs> like you never want, like, okay, Two Broadway is like the place that you get shit canned. So, I mean. Now, that's a good, that's a good question <laughs> to ask, right. John. Mm -hmm. Why has Two Broadway got that reputation? Well, speaking from past experience, that reputation wasn't preceded when I was there because it was brand new. Mm hmm okay and i think just the the lack of good unionism down there people it's the it's like this dumbass trump the art of the deal yeah okay <laughs> listen don't worry about it we're gonna do this we're gonna do that without really justifying the situations yeah. and that, that that that's bad but to broadway is a place where you know you have your union delegates who are elected by their peers to do their work and then they're buddying up with, with management and they're saying you know what let's say it's a friday yo we want to get out of here by two o'clock so let's package all these deals and do whatever it's like a horse and pony show and that's what they do wow i'll tell you a story i was i was down there and you know again you said i look like a little kid right <laughs> but i came down there it was 8 30 in the morning and i went over to labor relations and knocked on the door i says you know hey you know, I mean, I speak to, you know, the labor relations rep yeah. about the cases, right? And she shooed me away, like, you know, I'm on the phone, right? So I walked back to the other side, came back 10 minutes later, I says, you know, good morning, I need to speak to the labor relations officer because, you know, we have some issues we got to deal with, I need to speak to him. Yeah. I'm busy right now, nobody's here. Come back later, right? So I went back the third time, right? And she was like, wait a minute. I says, wait a minute. My name is John Easley, and I'm the board member. I just want you to know that we're going forward with all the cases today, so be ready for a long day. Have a good day. 
She's like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, I thought you was such and such. I says, let me explain something to you. Any rep that comes to ask you what's on the calendar for the day and you're sending them away, then you're going to be in for a long day. So she's like, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Let me hang up. Let me do it. No, we're going to have a long day. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't a long day, but it appeared long because I got everything I wanted because I let her know that I'm ready to do battle. And that that's how I made my way. If you come for the members yeah. and I feel that you're wrong and I see chinks and 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 the mistakes that you make, I'm gonna come for you. But in a polite way. Yeah. So exactly. And you know, my thing is this, right? In any department, RTO and even in buses, when I'm thinking about customer complaints, when drivers go in there for customer complaints, nobody leaves out of there with a reinstruction. You know, nobody leave, everybody leaves out of there with at least a reinstruction. And my thing is, when it comes to their discipline system and manual, um, even they're supposed to take our statements and they're supposed to use it towards an investigation. But basically, that's not what's going on. They're basically taking the word of the customers, and the you know they're taking the word of the customers, and using that as gold to say, okay, well, you did something. No matter what, you're in the wrong. But it's supposed, but it's supposed to really by right, it's supposed to be an investigation. Now I would, now I would love to know who do they have or what methods do they use to investigate cases. I, see, there, uh, Jamel, you got a point there. I mean. You know, they'll take transit will take the word of a customer than what we say. Exactly. And I, I can't understand that. And, and they would take and, care of them too. And and, and th I mean, they can come up and lie and say, Well, this guy did this, he closed the doors on me and they take it as solid gold, like they like, oh, he must have done something wrong. You know, and, and it, that doesn't make sense. I'm like you know, why don't you put the customer and ask him those questions, specific questions. Okay, what what happened? What was this? Why did they do that? Instead of just taking their word 100%. Because my mm -hmm. thing is, if you have 8 million people riding your system, there's no way in hell a crowded-ass platform, it's not going to happen to where the doors close on somebody. Yes. And even if the doors worked on a computer automatically without a human, without a human there, yeah. those doors would still close on somebody. Yes. So that's what I mean by say when again, it's another means and ways of discipline. Well, in my you know, you understand what I'm trying to say, John? Because it's like it, okay, what would you do if a machine closed the doors on somebody? Would well, you discipline? Well, well, I tell you this: don't elevators close on people all the time? Yes. Well, <laughs> elevator doors I'll, close on people all the time. Exactly. <laughs> I'll say this: you look at it from that angle, but then you got to look at it from a perspective. You got eight million. Mm -hmm fair paying customers and you get 15,000, 20,000 complaints in a month, then they're looking at that as a potential loss of revenue or ridership. So they will attack it from that end to say, we're doing what we're supposed to do because we're going to discipline the employees because we don't want to lose that revenue. So that takes away from the morale of people doing what they're supposed to do. Because a lot of the complaints, man, they're, 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 they're baseless. They're bullshit. We know that. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to go and explain yourself. Like, sometimes you got to sit there and be like, 
Did you really read this complaint? Wait a minute. This lady made a complaint saying that I refused to let a kid off in November and it's six o'clock because I feared for his safety. So I said, you're going to ride to the end of the line where it's lighted so you can call your parent and then your parent can come and meet you or whatever. Now, that's a bus operator being safety conscious. Right. So where does that become a complaint? That should be a fucking merit. Like you did the right thing. <laughs> but again, they just say, oh, it's another complaint. Let's do X, Y, and Z. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's say we discipline them. And, you know, part and parcel, you got to really look at the briefs and defend it. Go back at them. Because a lot of times we just get so caught up in, damn, I got to go see the man. I got to go see the boss. And wait a minute. Let me see what's in this. And then there's a lot of inconsistencies. And when you challenge them on inconsistencies, they back up. But definitely in a subway, a passenger can't do anything wrong. No, I mean, they can hold the doors, hold it with their feet, hold it with everybody, and they're, they're, they're okay. Now, my, my thing yeah. with that is that I feel that MTA, because they, they knew Blue Book. The Blue Book is the, the book where we make our announcements and all that other stuff, right? There's nothing about safety in that Blue Book. All the language has changed to the movement of the trains. You know what I'm saying? Before it was like, don't hold the, don't hold the doors for your safety. Now it's don't hold the doors to delay service. You know what I'm saying? Why don't, why don't the MTA find these people? They should find them. And I got, a, I got into a debate with a TSS daughter. And she was like, oh, transit would never find. They don't find their passengers. Yes, they do. When they walking through trains, they get fined. Yes. You smoking, you get fined. Mm-hmm. When, the, when them cops got to meet them quotas, those fines is going yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? They need to find them for holding the doors because that delays service. Well, then that, that, you have to create manpower for that. Yeah. And again, it segues into, okay, what are we going to get for this? How many people are we? A budget. And they don't want to create a budget for that. No, they, they got NYPD for that. Well, again, NYPD may have what? One or two cops patrolling two or three stations. So, I mean, it becomes hectic for them. Not saying uh, patting them on the back, but that's, that's a quality of life issue. You're walking through the doors or whatever because somebody might have been in a pissy train and want to move to another car. Yeah. So, you got to right. look at it that way. Right. And, and you know, see, now what you just said, it's all in what they want to create and what they want to do. Now, like I said, back in the day, and I know you know this, John, but they didn't, the discipline system prior to the 80s, they didn't, I mean, it was basically like, you know, they threw away a lot of stuff. Guys were tearing up cars and, you know, customer complaints were coming in. They'd be like, come on, please, this lady's full of it. This person's (laughs) full of it, you know what I'm saying? But when the discipline system came in, it's like, okay, they started to get stricter. But what I'm saying, it became political. It became pol- exactly political. So now they didn't mind creating jobs for a bunch of people that deal with that deal with our discipline, who we gotta who we gotta see when it's time for some discipline. You understand what I'm saying? So they create. So that's what I mean by say they create what they want to create for whatever reason. You know, and the MTA money is long. Budget shouldn't never be. That, that, that's, that's a myth that it's they like give us. It's like a Frank Sinatra pocket. It's bottomless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All that budget, they, they create what they want to create. They exactly. do what they want to do. Exactly. Because these reps, and I know you know who I'm talking about, John, in, in, in Map Store, right? 
they, you know, in these shop gates, they talk about budgets. Oh yeah, they got budgets for this and budgets for that. And I, and you want to, and you know, you want to know what I tell people in these swing rooms? I said, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta say their name, cuz. But no, because I don't know who you're talking about. The reps know who they are. Stop playing, okay? <laughs> John knows who they are, okay? My my thing is this, right? I call them out. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, call them. Listen, call them out. Richie Davis. Donald, I mean, those are the ones who do the shop gates, right? Donald Yates. Donald Yates, of course. Well, it's it's all of the reps. All of the reps. It's just not them two. Right. You know, it's all of the reps. All of the reps, yeah. You know, I mean, they shop, shop gate for the right reasons. I mean, if you want to call it, what, shop gate for the right reasons. Shop gate for the members. You know, you want to know what, I don't know if you heard our show, but you know what Donald Yates told us? He can't come up to this show because he got a gag order. <laughs> For, 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 for forging those signatures. <laughs> well, well, I will say this. Who gave him the gag order? Sam, Samuelson. Listen, <laughs> here, here, here's what I will say. You know, with that whole thing, when, when, when it came out and Donald said that, yeah, I did this, but these people gave me permission, that right there is a nexus between guilt you know, and travesty because how dare you, you know, say that a hundred something people gave you permission to do this. But even still, now you're found to have done this, but then the, the, impartial, <laughs> the, the, impartial, the impartial arbitrator ruled that, you know, hey, she, she seen nothing wrong with it. As a man and your integrity, which counts for something, yeah. You should have stepped to the side because Samuelson would have taken care of you. I just didn't see the relevancy in trying to explain it and still, you know, be involved with unionism. Take a seat for a minute. But there was no blowback. Right. And see, you know, when I talk about budgets and, and, what's, and when it comes to operating, right, when you, you have bus routes like right now, the BX-10 up that goes up in Riverdale is a hot route because there's some politicians, there's, some, there's a politician or somebody that lives up there that waited five minutes for the bus. And literally, these superintendents and stuff is jumping around and hopping around and got them on pins and needles saying, yo, that bus got to get out. Um, let me see what else. You got, the, you got the M79, 79th Street Crosstown. Now, ain't, there's nothing on the east side, the upper east side on that street but build, but you know, buildings with doormen. There's no shopping. There's no. There's not even as much as a store on 79th Street. But yet, if you're driving a bus going across, your leader is no more than three blocks in front of you, so you can see your leader. And bus, you know, you know, for bus operators that know, if you see your leader three blocks in front of you, that's close. That's a yeah. that's a short headway. Okay. So then you got what other line? The 86th Street. You need the service over there because. It's a lot of it's a lot of shopping. It's a big shopping area. Ninety sixth Street, seventy second, seventy second Street, fifty seventh Street, fifty seventh Street. All the all these political lines to where that bus better be there. Well, and there's and there's no and there's no limit to the operating budget for these lines. On ninety sixth Street, this was in the early nineties. Uh, uh, Freddie Benjamin came over to me because, you know. We terminated at 96th Street. I shut the bus off, right? And when it was my time to go out, I turned the bus on. Now, 
I got the hawk. It's like maybe 1.30 in the morning. He come out and say, yo, you shut the bus off. Why you start that bus, man? You know, these people got complaints and all that. You didn't see the sign over there? You know, they, you had to come and, and park your bus and just make service again. What? Now, me being a renegade, I was like, okay, I'm going to teach this MF a lesson. So the next night, right, I came, pulled over there, kept the bus running. But I had a beat up bus, fumes, everything coming out. And I'm revving the bus <laughs> for two lights, <laughs> blowing the horn, <laughs> right? And took off, right? So they say, hey, wait a minute. Hey, what's going on, man? You having problems over there? Nah, well, what happened this night? I says, well, he said I couldn't shut the bus off. So, you know, I thought the engine was dying down. I don't want to roll call it. I just kept my foot on the pedal to make sure, you know, that the engine was revving up. And then when the light changed, I left. <laughs> you know And I did that for a whole pick Wow And she got tired of calling But you know I'm the type Fight fire with fire Yeah Until We we just get that message across You respect me I respect you Let me ask you How do you feel about the uh, Underpaid Being underpaid for the articulated buses Again That comes with our leaders negotiating a lot of the wrong things, the wrong issues. Okay, you driving a 40-foot bus, and technically you should how, how have... Long, how long is a regular bus? A regular bus is 40 feet. 40, 40 feet, okay. And an articulated bus is 62 feet. Okay. Now, with that being said, you may have 65 seats on an articulated bus, and then you have standing room. So that's another... 50, 60 people. That's 120 people on the bus. Okay. That's 360 problems because every one person got three problems. So <laughs> you're only going to give me a quarter more to drive that bus in service, but then you're going to give me 50 cents to park the bus. What, what kind I, of sense does that make? It doesn't make, well, to them, it makes 25 cents, 50 cents. But it doesn't make sense because there's really... No, 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 no gap in between. There's no pay gap. I think that if you're driving an articulated bus or a select service bus, then you should be paid accordingly because you're making these routes selective. So we're not paid the operators accordingly. You know, I mean, train operators. I respect y'all, man, because 12 nines is nothing to play with. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the real fact that you guys have to, once you have a 12-9, go out on a road bed and you got to see fractured body parts to see if the person is alive and all that stuff. That right there, man, you know, and the way you guys come in the station hot sometimes, you know, because they want you to make service. I think that the safe way, and I'll get back to the pay in a minute, for you guys to come in is like when you know you come in to break your train down through the first pillars. Break that train down because you don't know who's having a bad day on that platform. And it may help you because having a 12-9, it, 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 it messes with your psyche. Yeah, mentally. And then what's crazy is that after you have a 12-9, you go to the road bed and investigate. Oh, then man. You, then you treat it like a criminal after that. Oh, I mean, man. just just like that. <laughs> I walk the tracks. I'm track certified. Okay. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, I was oh. 
when I was, I told you when I was downtown, okay. I did everything. I'm <laughs> track certified. Okay. You know, I had to go to the school out there in Brooklyn. 248. 248. Yes, I had to do all that, you know, because Roger said, listen, when he was there, he wanted to make sure everybody knew everything. And I was lucky because, you know, I went and I soaked it all up. And when he sent me to Cornell University for labor relations, I took the class in Spanish and English. Okay. I didn't take the shop stewards class. I took the advanced shop stewards class, and I also taught some of the people that was in those classes, like Richie Davis, uh, Harriet. You know, they was in the classes that I taught. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just extremely progressive because I looked at it as, you know, these people need help. And I found my voice. And I think that what you guys are doing here, you know, with this progressive, you know, action and all that stuff, you guys have a voice. And you need to get more people and keep this platform going because there's a lot of things out there that are bad. Yeah, <laughs> tell a me lot, about it. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and you can segue into a whole lot of stuff, you know, and it ain't always just management. Our union is in tatters, man. Yeah, yeah. I, just like I get tell. ready for it. Here you hear first. Get ready for a union revolution. Oh yeah, I, that's that's what's gonna happen. I believe it's that. coming. I believe that, and that's why I tell. It, it, it's funny when I go into the groups where Team Samuelson is. First thing they say is, why you never attack management? Why you always attack the union? Because why attack the union? Y'all supposed to be our big brothers. You know what I'm saying? If my big brother constantly keeps getting beat up for sticking up for me or fake sticking up for me, I'm going to have to go find me a step brother or, or fake big brother or something like that. They doing us dead wrong at, at Two Broadway. I'm, and I'm quite sure when you was there, you seen the relationship between probably I mean you could even imagine of what the relationship would be between management and certain union officers just by us being humans we go fraternize yeah but when it's time to do business you do business I was lucky and fortunate because my tenure down there I garnered and gained the respect of labor relations to the point where you know if they seen I was going in an area that they can serve me. They said, no, no, you don't want to do that. Do this. Because this might work well for you. I had some people that were good on that side, you know. Then you had some people, you know, like like Hillary Tomlinson, you know, you just, just, you know, straight cooning, you know. Just, 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 just <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't laugh, man, because the sad part about it is that he could be better at what he does and dealing with people instead of just going for the jugular. Now, who is this guy? Hillary Tomlinson. What did he do? He's the labor relations director. Okay. You know, I mean, smart guy. Black, but, black guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but the way he attacks issues, man, is that everybody's at fault and there's no wiggle room. You know, he will fight you for reinstruction where this should be thrown out. So... You know, I say that because we have a history and, you know, 
it had to come to a level of respect where, yo, dude, for real, we were on the other sides of the table. Now, this was wrong because they owed me 48 or 60 sick days for years. And then his thing was, wait a minute. You were supposed to do this within a 30-day window. I said, wait a minute. I was on sticks. I wasn't in MapStower's pay program because I was on TA paid release as an OA guy. Okay. So they operated on sticks. So when I came back to MapStower, none of, none of my time was converted. Mm. And I knew it. And I kept challenging, challenging for years. Then finally when I worked the grievance, he was like, you know, I don't, there's nothing that we can do because, you know, the time elapsed. I said, wait a minute. I was after Richard Newman for about two or three years to revert my time back. They couldn't find my time. So I had to call in a, a phone call and tell them, go on to UTS and look at when I left and when I came back. Now, go in the sticks and look at all the time that I didn't take. And I said, listen, we're men. Somebody might have dropped the ball. All I'm saying is just do the right thing. So listen, I don't want to file a grievance. You know, I don't want no union fanfare. I just want you to do the right thing. You know, and Tony Akers, I'm, nah, we're going to do X, Y, Z. Tony, nah, I don't need your help. I got this. <laughs> nah, relax. You know, they investigated, came back, and said, uh, well, here, you know, we got to sign this step so that you can't come. What am I signing this step for? For what? For days that you owe me? I said, look, just put them back in my bank and we'll call it a day. And you know what? No harm, no foul. Exactly. You know, you don't need to bullhorn your way into situations where everything is already done. You know, because you can turn people away when they want to do business. And we have people down there like that, man. You know, they want to come in there. They want to rah, rah, rah. And you know what? You antagonize the issues. Because now, you get nothing. Exactly. So, I mean, we, we got to look at our union from the point of we have to start all over again. Get new people in there. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Executive board, too. Get new people in there. It, need, it, needs, it needs to totally be cleaned out because let's just say even if Samuelson didn't win, his people would his people would still be in there. You know, I got an issue with that because my ballot came on the day of when they were doing the counts, and I should have brought it down because I still have it. It was FedEx to me the day that they were counting, so I really couldn't vote because I couldn't send it in because it would have been voided. And I said, "What kind of nonsense is this?" Mm-hmm. You know. So just imagine, I'm one. Now, just imagine in all the departments how many people got their ballots late. That's not to say Samuelson may have or may not have won. He did. Okay. But, and still, just look at, you know, the electioneering that was going on. Yeah. You know, and this is the third, his third term where, what are we doing? I mean, he's going to be the executive vice president of the international okay he's going to be a board member okay he's getting paid close to 300,000 okay he's not going to get paid by the union because you can't get two checks so 
that's the myth that people are putting out there. Oh, well, he's getting paid 100000 by the local. He's getting paid. That's not true. You know, it's in, it's in the bylaws. So he took the, the greater of whatever, which is... International. Yeah. But what's crazy is that when you look at the LM2s, he's still he's getting paid by both unions whichever way you, whichever way you put it because his disbursements is coming from local 100 well he's he by virtue of the international he can't get paid twice no he you're right but why his disbursements is coming from the local the local is paying him back for whatever he's doing where the international should be paying him back not the local Right, so basically, he found that this guy's good at finding loopholes and things. Man. Right. Well, yeah, they they definitely found a loophole with the sale of those Gil Martin houses and that seventeen point two million dollars. Well, that's a major loophole. <laughs> it's like Houdini. Houdini took that money. The freaks come out at night. You know, Houdini took that. You what, know? what you think happened to the money? <laughs> well, I don't know because I don't I don't know the issue. That was the issue that was talked about when I was down there, and you know. Roger tried to straighten it out, but let, let's not, you know, pile on Samuelson right now. We could get him later. The union was corrupt way back when, and everybody is finding loopholes. Everybody's not going to be just and straight. Everybody's moral compass isn't going to be correct because when you had, you know, the Gil Rodriguez, the Mike Chatrones, and all them guys down there, and they was on union release and all that. These guys got they got two pensions. Yeah. Just imagine, you know, you retiring from Map Store, right? And you're in the twenty fifty, but then you become an organizer in TWU and then you leave at sixty two. Just follow me. You're gonna get your un your union pension. You're gonna get yeah, always a TA pension, and you're gonna get Social Security. Now, figure out what the numbers are. Ooh. Guys, guys are getting 110, 120, 130 thousand dollars a he year. He's sitting on a fat. He's sitting like a fat rat. Right, right there. I so mean, I never knew about a union pension until who, who mentioned that to us? Was it Roger? Yeah, Roger. Oh, uh, uh, a union pension. I said, what? I yeah. didn't know about that. When Roger was the president, you know, there were some people that retired, and he had to cut checks for a couple of hundred thousand dollars mm -hmm. because that was the law. And, you know, when they left, some people got 300000 whatever, and because it was written in the bylaws and the law, he had to follow it. Everybody thinks that he walked away with this pot of gold. Totally untrue. I'm not going to put this man's business out there. That's my dude. But what people are thinking is totally inadequate. You know, because he did what he did for the passion of the membership. Yeah. You know, and everybody's thinking that he's at home sitting pretty or whatever the case may be. You can believe that if you want. Okay. Whatever money he's making outside of what he's bringing home. That's on him. But don't think that this man is sitting on paper because that's not true. Yeah. And now also, I want you to briefly talk, tell the members um, briefly what you was telling me about how back during the strike, right? Um, basically, you know, we all know that the executive board voted unanimously to go on strike. But people basically think that, you know, 
of course, we all know Rogers for you know his facade, his physique. We know that he's a fighter. Okay, where he he said it himself. Where he comes from, you've been fighting since he was a kid. Okay, uh, that's respectable, know, and that's respectable, of course. Now, but people think that he recklessly and say, okay, now I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a strike. I'm gonna get back at Bloomberg and these motherfuckers. No, totally untrue. The, totally untrue. What had happened, right? We had a staff meeting, and we were having staff meetings all the way up because you know we were prepping to put pressure on management because we wanted demands and you know he went to all of the section chairs and departments and says what do you guys need laid out so we can fight for this okay and you know they were at the negotiating table and they were at an impasse and then they got tense so the executive board and some of the people were were saying we should go on strike we should strike the whole nine and we had an emergency meeting and we was in there and roger says listen okay i think we're in a good spot to get what we want from them but they was like no we should strike he was like no you have to be mindful of what you want to do because a strike can be costly and we can be hurt by this so be mindful because they're ready to renegotiate. But then you had the Steve Downs, the JP Patafios, and all these people saying, fuck it, strike, strike, this and that, and the whole nine. So Roger says, I tell you what, I'm going to step out and you guys have a conversation. Then the international came in, and James Little and them, they did not support the strike. They said, listen, we are advising you guys not to strike because it's going to be costly and now is not the time so we do not support it and the e-board went against them they walked out when roger came back back in he said so guys you know what are you prepared to do and everybody's like strike 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 and that's how it happened and that's including steve downs because he was he was saying that he would then he say he was against the strike yeah really he, he came up here and said he was against the strike but at the same time he got a, a banner of he, the strike he in his living room under and, my, that, and, he, that, he, and that's and mind you that's so sorry that's how i met steve downs because when we were in nick Bedell's shop steward class that's the week you went away on vacation, cuz. And he was the substitute of the class when Nick went away. So what happened, we were, you know, we were talking about the history of the union and the strikes. 1980, 1966. So then when it came to the 2005 strike, the way he downplayed it, he's like, he made his, in his own words, he said it was unnecessary. Do you think that, I see, by hand, your account, it sounded like they set Roger up. They put him in a position. Well, well, you know, I had conversations with Roger when I see him in Atlanta, man. And Roger's doing good. And I, I asked him questions about it. I asked him had he kept in touch with people, right? And he says, nah, he really don't talk to people. And then I finally told him, I said, listen, man, not for nothing, Roger, man. A lot of them guys rode your coattails and they undermined you. Some of the guys who were VPs, you know, some of the people who worked at the local, you know, 
you know how you, you, you see something work and you don't want it to work because you're thinking that you're going to get something on the other side of it? Yeah. There was a lot of people that undermined him. Okay. And when I was down at 180 Livingston Street, because I also was the first MAC coordinator. You know, I, I wore many hats down there. My man John, my man John Easley, <laughs> definitely had putting in that work. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. put in work. That's you right. know, I, I fought. You know, the doctors when you know members were coming up and the doctors were holding them out or whatever. I was going at the doctors and getting the people back to work. And you know, he had a senior director down there that really didn't know his ass from his elbow. And when it came time to write the reports, I was writing the reports and everything. But Roger knew, he knew this stuff, man. That's why he kept me around for a minute. And when I told him that, yo, these guys, man, I think, man, they, 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 they shit it on you. You know, he said, yeah, he know, and with a sigh of relief, he, it's like, even though it's over and done with, in hindsight, he was like, you know, I know. And I always respect this guy, man, because I didn't know him. Didn't know him. When they came down to Hudson Pier, man, I was like, man, get the F out of my face. All you, man. Because they had knocked me down, and nobody, Mike Chatrone was supposed to be fighting for me, him and Gil Rodriguez. And when I became the caretaker, I seen my case in the drawer. Now, this was in 1998. I seen my case in the drawer in 2000 because I was throwing out the, 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 uh, the file cabinets, and it was sitting right there. And him... You know, Fred Rubenstein and Gail Rodriguez, you know, they basically just null and voided my case. Wow. I have all of the records and all that stuff and the whole nine. And they, they avoided me for a few. And then when I got downtown, right, everybody was like, who is this kid? Who, who is this kid? Who is John Easley? But I let my work speak for itself. Yeah. So whoever don't know who John Easley is, just ask somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you became their boss. Well, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. And, you know, they didn't like it because, you know, when you're the staff rep, you have dominion over the departments and you have the final say. But in TA, when you're the board member, you have your chairs, your division chairs, and all this stuff, and everybody has to come to you. Now, I'm a map store guy, but I'm dealing with civil service issues, and they wasn't expecting me to deal with that. But I have to give respect, you know, to Harry Wills, Lloyd Archer, you know, guys like that, Loretta Carter, you know, because they were respectful enough to to mentor me along as well, you know, and these brothers were sharp, you know, in the whole nine. And you had stuttering Willie Rivera. You, no, 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 don't, don't, don't laugh, man. Because no, he's a, he's a clown. You no, gotta laugh. No, no, no. You know why? Because people get these positions, man, and then they forget. And then you got JP, man, who has a college degree, and JP thinks that he's smarter than any and everybody. But then when it's time for action. Where is JP? You know, he can yell and scream and get everybody riled up. But when it's time to do the business of the union, where is he? Mm. You know, and I'm a map store guy and I know this, man. You know, and then you had this kid brought up on charges 
and removed as a chair from a depot by the union. Now, who does that? We recently talking about the new case. Yeah. Right? You're talking, yeah, and basically in a depot where he's well-respected and liked. So, you know what I would do? This, this is just me. You come for me, I'm going to come for you. Well, you know what? You took me out of office, then you know what? Then I'm going to file a perp charge against the e-board, and I'm going to say we duke it out in court. Let me ask you this. How can he get removed? Because actually, an e-board member asked me, she said, what's going on with this bus guy? We didn't vote to get him out of office. How can they just remove him? I don't know. Me, me, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look into it. But if that was me, I would not go quietly. Because, listen, I was elected. Okay, I was elected. And the Constitution says I was, if I was elected, the only way you could remove me is by virtue of me doing something that was so egregious as to go against the union. And you'd have to have a trial and all that. And then the Ebo would have to vote. Right. Well, okay. see, I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, see, you had to, this is uh, sexual harassment, from what I understand, is 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 the reason and, you know, what was used, a so-called claim of sexual harassment. Oh, but you have two people on your staff that had the same issue and you paid them to stay working? Right. For real? Exactly. So then it becomes an issue of, again, we're going to duke this out in court because, okay, I'm going to be the litmus test. Yo. You tagged me for this, but these people were able to skate. Now it's discriminatory because, yo, you economically different, disenfranchising me. Forget about because these are two people of color. You could be discriminated in many ways. Now let me ask you this. Even if it is sexual harassment, don't they still have to go through a trial and still vote it off? I would, I would believe so. I would believe so. Because it's not like you regular release and I'm going to just send you back to your tools. Right. If you vote, it's just like the president. When you got to go through the impeachment process with the president or any elected official. Yeah, it's they, by it, vote. Yeah, it's, it has to be by vote. Right. But guess, but guess, who's, on the, but guess who's on the trial committee that, uh, under this administration? Who? Oh. <laughs> Richie Davis is the chair. <laughs> and Chris Magwood was... He just retired, right. okay. but he was also one of the trial committee members. So, you know, you know, this is the same committee that got rid of Jack the Senior and Margie Johnson from the MTA, you know, from LaGuardia Depot, you know? Well, you know, again, everybody's moral compass isn't right, and karma don't come when you want it. Karma come when it's supposed to, you know? And I say that Okay, Samuelson may be stepping up and stepping out, right? And he's grooming Tony Utano to be the president of Local 100. No, no, actually, um, what's, what's, the, what's the black dude name? Earl Phillips. Earl Phillips. I'm, you know, I, I just don't see it. I like Earl, but, you know, un, unless he's gotten better at what he does... I just don't see it. And I'm not going to say that he's unfit or unqualified. It, it just doesn't resonate because the union is already going downhill. And you're on that ship with Samuelson and them. Don't do it to yourself. Now he already doing it to himself. Well, <laughs> he, he going he to get what he deserved then. Because he, he's, he's, he, he's a maintenance guy. He's mm -hmm. not cut out. He's not a negotiator, man. He's a laid-back guy, you know. And he would have to understand buses, 
trains, maintenance away. As far as being the president, I don't think none of them actually understand all the trades. That's that's the problem with right. with, the, with this yeah. the union. It's too many trades. Well, well, well. You have to get out there and you have to you have to learn. I did it because I, w- I I went to Stillwell. I went to their base shops and I went there and was talking about the contract. Now here here's in retrospect, everybody was talking about the one point five percent and all that, and they was like, oh, we well, don't want to pay for this. We don't pay for that. So I went in the different swing rooms and I seen people playing cards, nine ball, doing whatever. So I says, guys, let me ask you a question. I says, okay, how many of you guys got direct deposit? You know, let's be honest. How many people still get regular checks? I says, so you would rather go to a check cashing place and have somebody take 1.5% of your money as opposed to them taking 1.5% and you getting medical coverage and lifetime? I said, never mind the guy in the corner that's talking and he got about 14 teeth missing. You know, this is the cat. Oh, no, I, I want every dime, yo. I want wages. Listen, a smart person, a smart people would say, you know what? Wages are good. If I get a 2 or $3 bump, that's fine. I don't care about that. What about when I retire and my health is in decline? I need medical coverage. I think, why do you think management fights so hard for that? Because that, that, that's cost effective. They don't want to pay for that. So they'll push back on that. If you say, you know what, I don't want to raise, but I want better health care, watch what happens in the contract. They will fight you for that. They'd rather give you money. Hmm. Samuelson allegedly going for the money, this contract. Yeah, you, finally. And, 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 you sure and, about that? I mean, in, in, the form of, in the form of night differential. Yeah, night differential. Night differential has been a dollar forty for the last 30 years. 30, 36 yeah, yeah. years. But he, he, he's, he's allegedly going for it. What, 10 cents <coughs> more? So what are you going to do? Have all the senior people say, you know what? Forget about Sundays during the day, Saturdays or whatever. I want to pick at night because I'm going to get a dime more. Yeah. That it, would be foolish. His exactly. right-hand man who's uh, negotiating all the deals, Nick Bedell, actually told us, Shop store class that he Sam shouldn't be nego- he shouldn't be negotiating anything because he's an outsider. Well, he you know he well, negotiate these bike shares exactly. And he negotiate other contracts in other cities. So yeah, okay. you, So they, you, they, best, yo, you best believe Samuelson don't know how to negotiate no, no contract. Well, I tell you what, when one of them city bike people are riding outside of their lane and get rocked by a bus, a cab, or a car, or whatever. Watch how that bike share just quietly disappears. Because there's four more stations that are opening up as we speak. Okay? I mean, you're taking away from drivers' driving habits when you create a bike lane, you know, in a city that's constantly in motion. You're taking away eight or nine inches of space where... Let's just say a bus or a car, somebody had to move around or manipulate around another car, and you have that bike lane there, and this bike's coming. That's a potential accident waiting to happen. So I'm not a fan of it. This is not, no disrespect to nobody's country, this is not China. This is not the Middle East or whatever where they ride bikes, you know, all the time. You have a lot of heavy moving vehicles that are moving throughout the cities. And I, I just don't, I don't see it, you know. And if you want to ride a bike, ride in Central Park, ride on the trailways. You riding in the street, 
you know, come on. That just doesn't make sense to me. Samuelson, though, I guess he, he's, the, he's the president, so he must have seen that this was a good idea. For his pocket? What else would it be? Well, I don't know. What they said, king of the givebacks. Or mm-hmm. king of the kickbacks. Yeah, king of the kickbacks. Yeah, <laughs> basically. It's king basically. of the kickbacks right there. Well, exactly. Well, you know, I think Obama said something the other day. You know, President Obama said something the other day, and people were clapping. And he said, don't clap, vote. Don't yay, don't hurrah, vote. Don't boo, vote. Yeah. That's what he said. And mm-hmm. thank you. And my thing is, if you look at the way we're voting historically in the union, if you got 40,000 members, and let's just say 35,000 of them are dues paying members, and you got 14,000 people voting, then you're going to get what you asked for. Vote. I hear what you're saying. I just think the morale of the union is so low, and the rec- the members having faith in the union is just that we don't care. Vote top to bottom. Vote top to bottom. One shot, one deal. Yeah, but, prove your worth. But you know, even in the crew rooms, I mean, people have no faith in their union. In their union leadership, vote. They see, because I, I take you know, John. I get your message every. Yeah, you should vote. But people have less faith uh, in their union representing them if they're going to get in trouble all the time. They're being written up for all little things. These reps okay. don't. These reps don't yeah. come to Stillwell. And they don't. They don't show their face. They're somewhere. You only see them when you know they need something done. Like you. Like the many times I've come down to Stillwell, I see. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> now, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, oh, Crystal? No, no, not Crystal. Well, I haven't seen Crystal. Yeah. Uh, uh, drawing a blank now. A <laughs> uh, 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 Joe, Joe Casales. Okay. Okay. When he announced something like, or even Kia Four, you know, Kia came to Stillwell. Uh, one time when I saw him, but he was I trying to get. I can't wait to see him. In now, my, mind you, he has his bro- he has a brother. It was a conductor named Kia Four too. I don't care. If yeah, but but mind you, both just, their names are the same. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has a brother named Kia Four. I just like wow. But no, you don't see them until they need something for you, and, and you know they don't see the union. Pre- they don't see the the, the the presence. I mean, except maybe guys like you, and you know. And, and that's the, the time you yeah. give it back to them. When they come for you, you come back at them. That's why they don't come to Stillwell because they know that's my that's my breeding ground. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're not out there in the field like they're not out there in the trenches like you and I are. You know, and it you know it, it they get the impression that people just don't care. The union doesn't care about them, and that that's that perception needs to change. Let me tell you something, John. I used to be this <laughs> guy. Um, what's 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 the um what's the guy name? I the um, train operator I said he used to make the announcements at Stillwell where that guy deleted out the group said he had the golden child hat Edgar Laws Edgar Laws yeah okay now Edgar Laws he used to come this is when we first started Jabari he used to come in front of the crew room announce who he was he used to get so much slack I mean, they used to go at him, oh, F the union and <laughs> the union don't do this the union. I'm like, dad he just saying the announcement 
I never knew he, who he really was till he came into the group. He like really pro-black, intelligent, know a lot about the history of a lot of things. We need to get him on the show one day, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But um, people don't care. Like, they don't, they, it, like, even with me, when I seen Crystal at Stillwell, she was handing out them, them things to see what we want from the contract. And I had to school her and tell her that, um, what you call that? Those pension demands. Pension demands is not done during contract time. That's legislative. She didn't know that. How you handing out a paper that you don't, you don't know the history of? Now, she'll go back and say she ain't know. All the people there at the table, she was sitting there with the, with the crazy face because she couldn't explain herself. Right. You know what I'm saying? How can you hand out something you don't, you don't know what's everything on this paper? Because they don't do their homework. They don't read. Right. Okay. Some people participate. Some people show up. Some people just stand there and do nothing. And I always say the best education anybody can give you is a book and dare you to read it. <laughs> don't give me a book to use to go against you because I will bust your ass every time. <laughs> yeah. now, 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 it's important that you say that. Now, the book that you would think that it would be will be the contract. And so I, I, we were in Map Store. We didn't go by the contract. That's right. Now, I'm a board member. On the TA side, okay, we only had permanent bulletins. Yeah. But what I did was whenever I had to argue a case, right, I would argue it on accountability and I would utilize management or labor relations to put them in the seat of an operator or a cleaner or whatever and, and look at their day and, you know, value them as human and, and then interpret what goes on or what happened. And then you can see what it is. Don't just go out for the discipline. I made them human. And then it was persuasive because it's like, yo, one day I, I, I came in and there was a case. And are y'all going to get messed up by the FCC? Because I'm a, I'm a... No, no, no. We got money. Because I came in one day and I had a case. And the guy, man, he just had a bad day. This 20-year vet, right? He just lost it. So I looked at the brief. I did everything. So I came in. And this time I didn't have on shirt and a tie. I came in jeans and everything. And I was sitting at the desk. And I had arbitrator O'Byrne and them. And I said, yo, you know, fuck this job. I hate this motherfucker, man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of all these white folks. These crackers, all kind. I just went ham, right? And I just said, you know. You ever had a bad day? We just said, fuck it. You ain't just care, man. And I said, just imagine this is him. I'm speaking for him. He had a bad day. Okay. But for 20 years, he came and he was diligent. And for one bad day, you want to punish this guy? O'Byrne said, give him back his 28 days, man. You got a re-instruction. Because I made them whole make them accountable make them see it from your eyes yeah so but that's that, who i got it in that's coming from a person who's actually a fighter that's the only way i know how you know right. what i'm saying exactly and, and, and i tell people fighting is a gift man sometimes you can't learn it you know i just don't like wrong you if you wrong and i'm near and i see i'm gonna say something and we're gonna figure it out and I don't care how tall you are. I don't care what the color of your skin is. If you wrong, I'm going to take you on. Uh, Jamel knows. He knows very well. Yeah. 
you know, I love everybody, fear no one. If you come at me, okay, we can do this conversationally or we can go outside. But nine times out of ten, I'm coming in by myself. I'm coming back by myself. Yeah. Because that's just me. You know, I'm not a Billy badass, you know, but I'd rather use my sense and sensibility than to use any kind of physicality because when you become physical, nobody wins. Mm -hmm. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And to this day, I still get calls. Somebody call your ease. This is somebody, you know, from Staten Island. This is somebody from over here. They, they got a problem. Okay. What's the problem? If you do X, Y, and Z, you know, this is fine. I says, now, if you call me back, that means you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. If I don't get no call back, I'm okay. Because that means that they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. You know? And I can't stand when people are loud and wrong. When they're loud about it. Apologize if you're wrong. Exactly. If I make a mistake, here's the rule of thumb when, if you're a union guy or a female. And I hope everybody that listens to this just take this with a grain of salt. And it just works. If somebody has a problem, all right, and you can't resolve that issue, find somebody who can. Just give them that call back to say, hey, I'm still working on it, or speak to this person, or I don't know the answer. Let me get back to you. That would go a long way than just brushing people off. Because then people are going to feel, well, why am I calling you? You're never there. It's just human morality. Somebody call you, and if you can help, help. And help doesn't necessarily mean you personally have to help them. You can go to somebody and say, oh, you know, speak to this person. They're knowledgeable in that. Exactly. That's unionism. Exactly. And then some people just want to be heard out. That too. <laughs> you know what I mean? To all the males that, that are actually doing union work, because I've noticed that the proclivity for sexual harassment is on the rise. You know, the he said, she said stuff is going on. This is what I did at 180. Whenever I had a female that had an issue, I had my female counterpart, Keisha Jones, come in, sit in, and we would go over what's going on. Because you know what that did? That created that barrier so that nobody can ever say that, you know, you said something out of the way. Or if you didn't do what they wanted, you know, then here comes the sexual harassment thing. You know, it worked for me. Because down there, you dealt with a lot of women. And they would come in, and you say, oh, Mr. Easley, oh, this and that. No, Keisha, come on stairs, please. Yeah. You know. Let me ask you a question, because it's funny that you bring that up. A train operator the other day, female, she told me that she went down to two Broadway, and the rep was more interested in flirting with her than handling her case. Talking about, you know, you need to come up here and see me sometime, and and all this other stuff wow. and she still end up getting five days in the street and I, and, wow. I, and I told her I said you know it's not even like he kicked ass up there and he like yo baby you know I did you this come come see me you, you got days you, you day, base. Yeah. Wow. You got days in the street I mean you know I'm not laughing at her yeah. I'm laughing at her that, that, now, that, that's, that's wow now I, she, I can't get that she, yeah, man. she was upset because for one she said the, the rep that repped her he wasn't a, um, a train operator and 
I don't even think he was a train operator. I, he may have been a conductor and not even in the same division. But she just felt offended because this guy was pushing up on her. Again, everybody's moral compass isn't straight. And, you know, that does happen. But what, she, what could she do? She could have stopped it. She could have said, I need another rep. She could have put him in his place. She could have said, I'm going to report you. She could have did whatever. Okay. Don't never make yourself feel uncomfortable when you're going to talk to somebody who could help you. Yeah. Because she could have stopped that and said, hey, listen, you know, I'm not here for that. Listen, you know, or I'm married or whatever. Listen, let's be professional. She could have just cut that off. But you want to know what it is? Once again, it's the whole two Broadway thing. And being your first time down there, you don't know what to expect. You just want whoever you talk to, you just want them to make it go away almost. You know what I'm saying? Well, I would encourage everybody, when you get hired and they give you the rule book, take it, read it. If you don't understand it, get somebody to explain it to you. Yeah. Because, again, it's simple. Okay. You give me this book, that's like giving me a stick to crack you over the head with. <laughs> we go argue all day. And eventually we're going to come to an impasse where, okay, you win, I win. And I'm okay with that. But every time you deal with me, you're going to know that if you take the gloves off, I take the gloves off. If you talk nice, I'll talk nice. If we agree to disagree, it's, it's just that common space. Yeah. You know. And from what I see, um, you know, RTO is one of the unique departments in the system. It's not unique. It's well, fucked up. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, yeah. Yes, it is. But when I say unique, I mean in that it's not like in buses where the union's on the property in each, in each, at each location. So there's, you know, somebody's always there. You know the deal, especially a map store. You know, they dress up, they put on gators or whatnot. But anyway, uh, <laughs> in RTO, everything is so spread out. So the morale, so the morale and everything is low. From hearing, you know, Tramel talking, hearing Jabari talking, just hearing the stories in our group, basically, you know, they're not there. People don't feel the members in that department. They don't feel empowered, knowing that their union is around to help them. And that, you know, like you know, you know, you, know, you, know, you just said the key word, empowered. Empowered, right? So, they don't feel empowered because they don't see anybody. They don't see the elected reps who are out there. But basically. If they constantly saw reps or even shop stewards who knew what they were doing, then basically they would feel, you know, they would feel more empowered when they come on the clock and come to work and jump on that train. Hold them accountable. Vote. You get one shot. Okay. And if the election come, don't come to me this time because, yo, you was never around. So I'm going to vote for somebody else. All right. Now, I hear that. Because that, I said, because I say that's an elected rep. If it was me, I'd be riding them trains all the, all the time. Now. I, that what you said is, is good, but it's a three year gap. What do you do within that three year gap? Know who you voting for the first time. <laughs> Have a conversation. <laughs> Sit down with them. Because it, listen, I, I, I'm speaking from a perspective because I never ran for an election. I was selected. So it's different when here's the difference between elections and selections. When you are running for an election you have to sell a bit of you you have to give somebody an ideology of what you're about now when you're selected people already know what you're capable of doing so they want you so i was lucky enough to be like that and humble enough to say okay 
being that you selected me, let me put my feet on the ground and go running. And I went to all of the departments and, and found out what was going on. And I found my niche because I learned the tools of the trade in all the departments because I didn't want to do sloppy work. Yeah. I, did I win every case? No. Did I lose every case? Hell no. Did I go down there and, and, and leave a, a, a stamp so that people can say, oh, yeah, I know this guy. You know, he's a solid guy. I would like to believe so. Did everybody like me? No, but that's okay. <laughs> but did everybody respect me? Fucking right. <laughs> you know, this guy, this guy sounds just like the conversations we be having. Uh-huh. And I'll be telling Jamel, it's like listening to you talk is like hearing myself talk. <laughs> Remember the first conversation we had, I said, this guy's aggressive, man. I got I to gotta talk to him because I see a young me in him. But it's okay because you have an intelligence with you, you know, and when you explain to me how you deliver yourself, if that works for you, that's okay because you're here to do business. Don't come at me in, in a disrespectful way or unprofessionally and expect me to kowtow because then that's when the gloves come off. Exactly. I hear that, you know, now I see it because when I wrote a statement, we were talking about Article 71 and 73, when he corrected me, he had my name in caps. I said, yo, bro, I'm allowed to make one mistake, you know? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. You know, I, I don't even see names. I see, I just see information. But the information was right, but I just had one little line wrong. Okay. And, he got, and I said, damn, man, okay, I'm sorry, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that. See, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just refreshing to hear somebody talk like how I talk. And, but, like, it's funny, like Willie Vivera, man. This dude, bothers, you know why he bothers me? I'm a, he, let me he stop me, you. He called me a tranny, right? Well, then you handle him like a man outside of the department. But, you know, the sad part about it is that, you know, some people, they don't respect things that's given to them, and they don't know how to ride it out, in a sense, because he's been down there for a minute. And... He, I don't think he still has a grasp of what's going on. Insults don't get you votes. Insults will get you hurt. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk a certain way to everybody like that. And if people allow you to talk like that to them recklessly and whatever, then they, they, they got to find their moral ground. Mm-hmm. Nobody down at that hall has ever disrespected me. I had a senior director who was deducting my pay. Right? Mm Because he thought he was a transit guy. Yo, man, you late, this and that, whatever. And it got to the point where I told him, listen, if I'm missing another dime or a dollar, man, this is one of two ways I'm going to get it. <laughs> you know, now he's 6'2", six, 6'3", six, or whatever, a little frail, but I was like, listen, I'm going to get it one of two ways. He said, how are you going to get it? I'm, I'm either going to get it out your pocket or I'm going to get it out your ass. <laughs> okay. No, true story. Yeah. Yeah. And I threw him in the room and closed the door and some of the reps, yo, 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 what? And he said, yo, leave. 
God, I ain't going nowhere. So they called up to the hall. And Roger's first rep, Valerie, she's like, yo, what's going on? I said, listen, this cat been cutting my pay, man. And he said, Roger was telling him to cut my pay and do all this. And she said, what? I said, yo, that's what he said. She said, put him on the phone. She said, yo, I want his uh, pay set, his timesheets from April to October. Mm-hmm. And she was like, just just go home, man, and I'll take care of it. I said, I'm not going anywhere. Roger said, John, go home. On everything I own, and I think I showed you a copy of the pay stub. I still have it. <laughs> Three days later, I get a check for forty-seven hundred dollars. Ooh, they cut you that much for wow. forty-seven for forty-seven hundred dollars. And when I was walking through the hall, Ed Watt tapped me and said, "Hey, thank you." I said, "No, thank you." And he said, "No, thank you, man, because you didn't put it all out there. You didn't go." I said, "Yo, listen, all I told this dude was to stop." And again, it reverts back to Roger didn't know that a lot of these guys, man, they were undermining him. You know, and just just in hindsight, man, I I appreciate that I was able to to help people. I even tried to speak on Jamel's case when he told me about it. I tried to go to Amy, was Amy Ramirez or somebody? Yeah, Amy Ramirez. Yeah. yeah. I tried to on his behalf, you know, I, I I I got a shot, and I didn't disappoint because I was diligent in in what I wanted to do for people. Yeah. So I say with this progressive thing, man. Listen, ride it till the wheels fall off, man, and soak up all the knowledge that you could get. Yeah. And when your time come, man, if you're gonna be one of the leaders of the future, man. Embrace it. Yeah. Embrace the people. And, and and everybody's gonna have a problem. That don't mean that you're gonna have every solution. Exactly. You know, just 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 be diligent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. See, those those good words that you need to hear yeah. from from guests. Knowledgeable guests. Knowledgeable guests. Exactly. Guess who is actually kicking ass at two Broadway. That's why I, every time I ask that question, I always get crickets. Like who's kicking ass at two Broadway? At two Broadway, right? Because we losing the the fight down there at two Broadway. Yeah, and you know I ain't lose too much, man. Not not you. I'm talking about. <laughs> see, see, you know, you know what I you know what I don't like when people like to talk about what happened before. Like everybody like to resort back to what Roger did. Yeah, his administration. Yeah, I did. I wasn't here when Roger administration was. You here. know, they're the biggest. You know, when you talk about Samuelson now and this administration. And the th- and 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 the and the negative things that have happened, they always find a way to revert back to well, Roger did this and Roger did that, and they revert back to the to that administration. So basically, you know, again, you know, you're talking about two terms and partial way into the third term. And it be lies, just like when they say, "Oh, Roger opened the door for the 1.5." No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he opened a the lot door of a lot of the stuff that Roger dealt with was already there. Roger let the no layoff clause. A lot, lot, a lot of this stuff was already there, you know. And, and again, Roger was dynamic in what he did because he fought for everybody. He just didn't fight for a select group. 
And you, you got to give them that. I mean, if you look at the contracts from 1992 or 89, they are all the same in the language with a couple of tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so how could you hold one man accountable for things that were in place when I, when I came on? You know, I mean, yeah. so he did his best with what he could with his time. Okay, and now you have another president that if that's his best that he can do, then bow out gracefully because you're doing a disservice to the membership because nothing's happening. Okay, everything that was progressive in that 2002 to 2009 regime, it's like it's, the wheel is going backwards. Everything's going in reverse. It's done on purpose because I believe they hated Roger so much that they didn't want to build off of nothing that he, he has done. Well, are you talking about the union or are you talking about management? I'm talking about I'm the talking union. I'm talking about this administration. Okay, yeah. well, well, I would have to really see who's still there from that regime. I mean, the, the top two guys is there. When you look at Samuelson and, and Steve Downs, two influential people that was there during Roger time. I, I, really, I really don't have a palate for Steve Downs, man, because my first encounter with him was one of arrogance and my thing was okay you can say that in a group but say that to me alone i'm gonna peel your head off <laughs> okay plain and simple you gotta be like that with these guys no no no, no it's just that we we men you yeah. know i mean I, I i'm never gonna talk down to nobody and i'm never gonna let nobody talk down to me that's why i gotta have a talk with willie rivera because he gonna have to, he gonna have to talk to me on the man level. He have to. But I don't think you're gonna get that because some people just don't know because you know they think they're protected by people that spew venom just like them. And when it's time to call them out, what do they do? You know, they they tuck their tail. So don't fight a fight you can win. You ain't gonna win that fight because you already made it known. So just just leave it because you'll be better at what you do. If you constantly want to have a conversation with him to check him, he wins. You go forward because you got a platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to look at it that way. Yeah. You know, but now in the interim, I'm not encouraging you to get at him, but you're a man. Yeah. I mean, we, we cross paths. He just got an answer to what he, what he put out there. You ain't, it's no way pop. That's why I tell him it's a totally different type of energy. It ain't going to be none of that, oh, it was just the internet and, and you know, I was in the heat of the moment and uh, no. You're giving somebody a social platform to look at somebody in a certain way when you put words out there. Yeah. So you have to be mindful when you're on social media and you're in that network and you're spewing venom and then you're calling somebody out. And then not only that, you're spewing venom on the members' time. You're, doing, you're on Facebook during times you're supposed to be at the union hall putting in work. <laughs> I've know? never known them to put in work, so. <laughs> there we go. I <laughs> mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's real talk. I mean, listen. Whoever hears this 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 broadcast broadcast and you feel some kind of way, you are so welcome to call me because my number has never changed. Mm-hmm. And the people who got my number, if you feel some way, you can call me because yo it is what it is. What, what, you know, you might get a call from Willie Rivera telling you to mind your business. Well, I'm retired now, <laughs> so what I could do, I can go no, see him. No, he told he told Lloyd Archer that. 
Well, so, well, so he told Lloyd Archer that the other day he need to mind his business. Well, well, Lloyd is a laid back cat. Lloyd's a good dude, you know, and I still got a little bit of that in me, so I yeah. can be like, you know what? Listen, I'm retired. I can come see you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They they need that. They, yeah, they do. They they need Cause that. Because like, yeah, like I said in the post, they think they're Brooklyn mobsters. Him and JP, call, uh, JP and all these guys. How you call like, somebody and say you retired? Mind your business. Mind your business. I, I, the fuck? I, I, somebody did do, do do that on uh, um, Facebook or what? Eric, Eddie, Eddie, something to Anita Clinton. Oh, Eric Eddie told. Yeah, yeah, yeah Eric yeah, Eddie like, told Anita Clinton. Like yeah. uh, Anita Clinton, you, like, you, um, like, well, you know, you're retired. You should enjoy yourself. Well, you I'm know, like, listen, like, really. Uh, Anita was one of the stalwarts, man. She's very, very, very intelligent, and she's very passionate about unionism. And she's another one, man, who helped me down there, you know. And when she has something to say, I would encourage the females to listen. Because she's progressive, as is uh, she's over at uh, 146th Street now. She, uh, light skin, Pat, Pat Jewett. I don't know who that is. You know, Pat who? Jewett. I gotta see who that is. She, 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 she's, she's another fighter, man. You know, she's not one to be taken lightly. Oh, yeah, but you know, put Patricia her in contact, Jewett. Put her in contact with us if you okay. can. Okay. No, she'll, she'll come on, you know, and she's been around. She got some time on the job, you know. She has some time. What I would say to you is, you know, well, it's kind of late for women to come out, but you need some women to come out and, and, and talk about their situations because they're, they're different, you I, know. I put it out. See, the thing is that the union, they doing some little women's committee thing. But so far, they only had a softball game. But I'm organizing my own women thing where I could have just regular women come up and talk about their problems more than locker rooms and bathrooms. Right. I stress that, <laughs> yes. Well, you know, this, this is the, the, the map store and transit that I know. What we need to do as brothers and sisters is we need to get back into the society of African-American transit employees. We need to really build that back up. Because when I was actively involved in it, we had 80, 90, 100 people, and the old-timers was there. And there are a lot of us of color that we should really come back into that fold because we need that, you and know. See, and see, also, John, I think another difference is with the membership is, see, it's a generational thing because uh, the old generations, like the people who broke you in when you came on the job and, uh, and even further back, they knew the importance of the union. So no matter what, a lot of them were involved, okay? Because that's even with us with progressive action here. The people who are mostly involved and enthusiastic are the are retired, are, are, are retirees, retirees. And, and, and people who got time on a job. You well, know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean where I say what we're really trying to do is reach out to the younger members or the, and, t- and the tier six mostly too. and the t- tier six mostly to let them understand what's going on and where they're at because this is serious business you know well you know i i say that man because people think that society is only for the hourlies when i was down you had managers superintendents you had everybody from di- all different uh, stations, you know, buses, subways, car equipment, and it was progressive. 
And I think we need to filter back into that and make that strong, you know, because you have the Emerald Society, you have the Hispanic Society. In transit? transit? Yeah. 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 And, you know, yeah, the the, the Hispanic Society, they're they're good. And, you know, they, they, they deal with us like we deal with them because we're so integrated in a sense, even with the Emerald Society, you know, but we need to really get back to that because, you know, that was a stalwart when it came to contract time as well. Mm. You know, with Willie James back in the days. That, you know, as well as, you know, family day was horrible. I, I didn't go, but I'm quite sure the showing wasn't that good because they didn't put that much into it. It was just a horse and pony show from what I understand. Yeah. But what we need to do, man, is subways and buses, you know, just say, you know what, we're going to do Van Cortland Park. You know, who's with us? Yo, end of the summer, yo, get a leader, get whoever. Yo, we want to do this, get a DJ. And everybody put up $20. We get four long grills, man, and just start bringing the masses in and doing it that way. And then you, you can hold court or do whatever because then you'll make it family again. Yeah, Those are the things that, you know, you, you need to happen. Then you build from that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, see so. that? See, look, that's a key in organizing. He just dropped the jewel exactly. on, on, how, on how to organize. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> what, and it's so simple. <laughs> I was organizing down there as well. Oh, see, look, that that's quite uh, a, a useful idea to get the membership. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, uh, to get them back together. I mean, yeah. it to be to really think about it we're more like a family anyway yeah exactly so uh, you spend the next yeah, 25 yeah. or 30 years yeah. on this job yeah it's then it, you develop relationships yes. and speaking of that you know we just lost a positive brother the other day man uh, uh, Godspeed to one of my mentors man I love him dearly Bernard Woods man yeah. you know he passed away and it's a bitter pill man because he was one of the guys man who he didn't mind loving you. He didn't mind telling you when you was wrong. Exactly. That's how I should You be. know, and, and it was out of love, man. And it was a gentle soul, you know, and a couple of our hearts are heavy. But people like that, you know, like him, you know, that kept us in unity, man. We, we need that. We, we really, we really need, I would like that. And I would also like for all of our people that have 20 years or better on the job go get a semi-annual physical because when you're approaching that that age of retirement biologically the clock goes backwards and you would want to get just as much out of retirement as you did in employment with the authority I mean it makes no sense that you know, we retire and, you know, we dropping after our first year or our sixth check. I know one or two people, right? This guy is 75, 76. I love him. I said, listen, man, I go to the doctor regularly because I want to get 25 years worth of checks because the transit authority don't like you. At least. <laughs> they, they, they want you to go. At least, at least, John, listen, 25 yeah, years. Yeah, because... Yo, he didn't pay in the he didn't pay in the social security is twenty fifty. He was banging him in the head, and for twenty six years, man, he said, "Yo, I'm getting 
yo, you're getting five, six thousand a month. I said, yo, and you getting Social Security? I said, damn, and you be getting this shit for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Listen, that's the benchmark, you know. Put some money away, man. You could do the four, five, seven, four, one. Go to the post office, man. Take fifty dollars, put it in the shoebox. That's your money, because it is legal tender. Yeah. Every every two weeks, put it away, put it away. You know, whenever you do overtime, listen. You can get six weeks out of the year. If you get four weeks, you can get seventy-two hours of OTO. Six weeks vacation, right there. Mm -hmm. Take the stress off you. You know, there's ways to, to manipulate that and just be healthy and just, just change a lot of things. Yeah, I, right. agree, I agree well, you with know, that. Well, you know, definitely to add, to, to piggyback off of that, right? Um, you know, we're going to have a show in September where, you know, we have guests on here that talk about um, the financial services business and finances. And, it's gonna, and what it's going to do is the reason I want that sh a show like that is to help empower members when it comes to retirement and also to help empower tier six members because they got hit hard with just being able to um, $15,000 above the base salary. When they get to that point, it's gonna be pensionable. So they're gonna have to know what it's like to, and they're gonna have to become you know, like professional investors or at least somewhat have some knowledge of investing. They have to you know be smart economically because they're, at, they're getting 6% taken away. So they're not even getting 100% of their wages. I think it caps at 95% or 90% of what? Of the wage progression. The wage That's progression. The wage progression. Well, according to the union, we go get 100%, okay. but it's only 90%. But that's what the language says, okay. 95%. We know what okay. you're talking about. So my thing is you are actually coming home with 91% of your money. Oh, well, no. 90. No, 89% if it's 91, 90, 80, no, 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 no. 84%. Because they're taking 6% for pension. Mm -hmm. Well, well, it's not, people say 6%. 6% is the maximum. 6% only refers to if you make 100000 or more. Is that, that what it is? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, then, well, that may happen in the next couple of years. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you look at it, just, just, be, just be frugal. Just, just, just be frugal. You know, I, I'll tell you a story. I'm, I'm, I'm frugal now because I'm retired, but... You know, I, I went to the Dominican Republic and, you know, I, I, I was humbled because I seen how they make do with what they have. And I said, you know what? All the stuff that I don't need, that I, that, that I don't need to have, I'm going to give it away. Because if, if they can live like they're living and they're happy, I don't need clutter. So I'm going to declutter everything and I'm just going to purge because I want to get 25 years worth of checks. Well, at least 25, John. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make it happen. Because you're still young. I don't man. look my age, right? Exactly. You don't. You don't. No, you don't. But just to clear up the, um, the contribution rate for the pension, um, 45,003%, okay. up to 55,003.5%, 75,000, 4.5%. Seventy-five to a hundred thousand, five point seven five percent, and greater than a hundred thousand, six percent. Oh, you're you're gonna have a few that's gonna get there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a few and, of us gonna get there. And, and and you know, are you in tier six? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I know you're gonna hit them in the head. I know you 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 you're gonna do what you're supposed to do, and you know, just maintain your health, man, over wealth. Yeah. Because you know, 
it's that old adage, youth, manhood, and old age. When when we're young, we can't wait till we get to be grown. Then yeah. when we grown, we can't wait till we retire. Then we retire, all that money we made, we trying to pay back so that we can be young again. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be smart, man. I see yeah. you found the middle somewhere. But yeah, well, listen, <laughs> I, I'm in my 50s, man. You know, I'm in my 50s. You can't tell. You know, I still got all my hair. I have no cavities. And I'm okay. Yeah, that's good. You know. So this is about the time where we got to start wrapping up the show. Okay. Yeah. So Thank you guys for having me. Hold on. It ain't over It's yet. not over. It's not over. So we're going to start with Jabari. Jabari, yeah. Uh, we'll wrap it up. We want you to give the people something that they're going to remember. Well, want to thank you guys for inviting me um i mean it's a great show learning a lot from you guys even listening on the radio and even being on the show itself so um but uh you know what every day i take every day make it a positive each day and and and, and just keep going doing what you need to do keep going forget about everything else the drama and just keep doing what you got to do that's up. Th- those are the words from Jabari, my classmate. Almost three. Jabari, we're almost at top pay, man. Almost. September 30th. <laughs> exactly. September 30th. Uh, we're, we're get, we, now, it's, it's the sad thing is, is that the people behind us are not going to get to that top pay until they're maybe sixth year. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the sad thing. And I, I, it's, it's a serious disservice to those who are coming in. Okay, uh, to, to reach top pay in their sixth year of, in transit. So, I mean, that, that's something I, I, I would think that should be rectified, that some of those men get something a little. No, we go, do, we go get in the office and we go fix it. All right? I hope so. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for you. But uh, all I, in all, I think a lot of people, and I've seen on Facebook, uh, respond positively to your show. I mean, you're bringing it out bringing the members together and I, I, I even I, the people I see around I'm like yo Tramel got a radio show go listen to it go listen to it even appreciate some of our classmates I'm like yo go listen to it yeah, appreciate it you know uh, spreading the word out there so that, that, uh, other than that uh, my boy it's a pleasure, still, it's he's a, still nervous after it, two no hours. it's a pleasure <laughs> it, it, you know it's it, you know it's a pleasure to be here alright you know all right, thanks. Thanks, Jabari. Thanks for coming. Thank you. All right, John. So now it's your turn. We went, We need you to go out with a bang and leave go everybody John. with a, go, fi- with a final <laughs> word. Let's go, man. To, to final be, word. To be fair to John, he's been banging them all night. But no, 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 no. no. But, it, but, but, but this is the ultimate, <laughs> right. the well, ultimate well, bang right well. here. There's no ultimate bang, man. I want to thank you guys for getting me up late at night and coming to bless your show, man. I like what you guys are doing. You know, um, listen. I hope I didn't do progressive action a disservice. You know, I hope, you know, you got some knowledge from this. And, you know, I'm actually available for people if they have problems, man, because just because I retired doesn't mean that, you know, I'm done. I'm still that, 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 that guy that's willing to fight for what's right, you know. And I say this to you, Wilson, I say this to you, Tremel. Listen, you know. You got your feet on the ground, man. Stay humble. Keep your moral compass in check. And just right the wrongs the right way. And you, you're going to get better at it. You're going to get people to come to you. And when they come to you, man, just, just love what you do. And do it right. 
You're going to have some naysayers. You're going to have somebody, some people that's going to detract because they are not comfortable with what you do. You guys had the opportunity and you pranced upon it and you're doing it, you know. And this is actually the first time I've actually did a radio show. And I'm okay with it because it's one thing you know about me is that I'm going to tell you the truth, you know. I don't have to lie because I can say this without a microphone, you know. I don't need an audience because if I feel some kind of way and I need to let somebody know, you know, I'm, th listen, it is what it is. But thank you guys, man, and I I I'll come back. Oh, definitely. You're Same welcome here, back. Man. Anytime, anytime you want to come back. Anytime, of course. <laughs> Same here. I'm I, I really, I feel good because I got, because I got, I got, I got you to cross that bridge because I know you were uptown, man. So, my Harlem cat. So, so butters, you're a Harlem cat. So butters, I got you to cross that butters, bridge. Butters, if you listen, I got him to cross. I got him to cross that bridge tonight. <laughs> I spoke to butters today, man. We was talking. Okay. No, listen, listen. Right now, man, I'm from Brooklyn because I'm in Brooklyn. This is why I'm from Brooklyn. Okay, I you hear know. that. Yeah. And. and you know, just, you know, I would say, man, my last part and shot is to, this is your platform. Be mindful. You know, use it and use it progressively. You know, and you're going to have your detractors. Don't worry about them. You just keep going forward. You know, for every detractor, there's a solution. A, a, a detractor is a subtractor. So just remove them and just keep going. Exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Okay. Thank, thanks, Mr. Easley. Thank you, Mr. Gotta, Thompson. Gotta, gotta, <laughs> gotta have you back soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what you want to say, cuz? Let's, let's well, make this quick. Yeah, you know, a quick minute. You know, like I said, um, progressive action is all about progressing. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, ex-union people. We had Roger Toussaint and Anita Clinton, John McCarthy, John Samino. We had, you know, a, a, we had new directions here. Basically, we have people here who could basically talk about, you know, what went on and uh, the strike and, and, and so on and so forth. But us here at Progressive Action, you know, we want to reach out to all the members who's on Progressive Action and in general who listen to the shows. You know, um, what we want to do is just like tonight, we want to get more members on here who, from all the different departments, who want to talk about what's going on in the departments and what's going on on the job and what could be fixed and what could be rectified and how they feel about the union, how they feel about the job in total, you know. So, um, you know, this is what I mean. But, you know, Tremel feels the same way to where we want people to reach out to us and feel free to come on this because this is what this platform is all about coming on here and speaking to everybody and getting it out there what's going on because again everything is so divisive and so secretive in transit within these different departments you know it takes uh you know not everybody reaches out and knows what's going on all across the board you know what i'm saying so uh, you know, for instance, of the AVA days, you know, everybody didn't, everybody thought that everybody had the same amount of days, but you know, different departments, you know, some departments have more. But the bottom line is that this is what we're trying to do in progressive action. So we want members to feel free to reach out to us and email us at progressiveaction100 uh, at gmail.com. And we want people to feel free to ask to come on the show and reach out to us and say what they got to say. So. All right, uh, 
check out the, the website, progressiveaction.com. No, progressiveaction.info. Instagram, progressiveaction. Twitter, progressiveact. And to email us questions, comments, or concerns, progressiveaction100 at gmail.com. That's today's show. Thanks, our guests, for coming. Next week, we will be back. Peace.